and welcome back to Turf Talk for our Thursday preview of the Cheltenham Festival. It's the third podcast we're recording in under 24 hours, but we're full steam ahead again into trying to find some winners on the St. Patrick's Day. At the festival, we don't have six days at this stage. Obviously, we are recording this on Thursday evening, so looking a full week out, it is still initial entry, so it might be a little bit trickier working out who's going where than it was for Tuesday and Wednesday. Nevertheless, we still have some strong fancies ahead of next week, don't we, Jim? We sure do. Um, I feel like you're basically living in my office with me. Like, I feel like we've not been off the phone with each other for days. and uh, This will continue going into tomorrow, and hopefully we've helped you along the way with uh, looking at the Cheltenham Festival so far. A competitive day on a Thursday, and, and arguably the most trickiest for me up to now. Um, but some good racing uh, in, with the Ryanair and the Stays being the, the main stars of that day. But uh, we'll, we'll probably kick off with the turners, won't we? Yeah, we will do, mate. I'm glad you said it feels like I'm living in your office rather than the other way around, which would be you living in my girlfriend's bedroom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is where I've currently been stationed for the past uh, for the past couple of recordings. I bet uh, she knows everything about the Cheltenham Festival. I bet she's riveted. So I've, I've given her some paddy power socks to the treat, mate. <laughs> don't say she don't get. Don't, don't don't say she don't live the dream. Uh, as we kick straight on to the Turner's novices chase. And they bet here eleven to eight Mighty Potter to beat Bambridge who's seven to two. Appreciated his nine to two. Journey with me twelves, same price stage star, fourteens Balco Coastal, sixteens James Burley, and adamantly chosen bigger prices the remainder here. Uh, Mighty Potter has the air of a banker for a lot of people this week, Jim. Does he win? Um I wouldn't be as sure at eleven to eight. Uh, we are both quite a fan of Mighty Potter, to be fair. But I just feel like if in the in the three novice chases, I feel like the chinks in quite a lot of the Irish uh, travellers, like Mighty Potter, races like he wants to be a giraffe, and when he finally puts his brain to it, he is a decent animal. But I, I, I just. I know he won by eight, eight and a half lengths last time, and I was fairly impressed by it. I just didn't like what he did on the running. He sort of hung to the right-hand side. Um, and if he does this at Cheltenham, he could channel his in and might bite. And that would be a little bit of a worry for me, because there are a lot more straightforward, more up-and-ready horses in this race. And Banbridge is a horse that everyone really thought, well, he really wants to step up in trip last time. Uh, when running at the Dublin Racing Festival behind El Fabiolo. Now, I know I'm on the side of John Bond, but I was really taken by how strongly he stayed on. He made a slight error at the fourth last, uh, and he stayed on strongly to outstay, appreciate it in the end. Uh, and this step up to two four, something I think of interest, of certain interest. We saw him run uh, at Cheltenham in November in the Arkle trial, and at the time they probably thought two miles was, was what he. Boss, he might want over fences. I know he won the 2 4 
uh, Martin Pike last year at the festival. And he was slightly disappointed in the grade one, stepping up in class. But he seems to really take to, to ch- chasing. Uh, and I know he was beaten by Marty Potter over 2-4 in the Drinmore in December. However, I just feel like that turnaround from the uh, middle of November to early December was possibly too much. And good spring ground is exactly what he wants. And, and we saw that last year. Uh, when he won the Martin Pike, he seems to relish it. Um, and a return to better ground against, although looking at the weather forecast, it, it's going to be a bit, little bit temperamental at the minute because it's the weirdest conditions in Britain in March I've known for a very long time. It's, there's a blizzard outside, but it could be cracking the flags at half past three and then it would be raining by then. I'm going off the opinion that it's still going to be fairly decent, good ground, because they're not going to make the same mistake as they made last year in watering it. I know it's a different class of a course, but everyone seemed to put the two pence in last year and kick off about that. I'm of the opinion they're not going to wear it. They're just going to leave it as it is and see what happens. And I think that will, will help Bambridge. I don't think it will affect Mikey Potter, but I just feel like Bambridge will possibly close that gap. Um, so I am with Mikey Potter, but I respect him and think he's a nice horse. But I just have a feeling that he keeps. You alluded to it fairly early on in his career, Lewis. He, he was he's green as anything when he won that future champions novice hurdle beating three strike life. He was green and green as anything, and then he was a bit of a hype horse going into the Supreme last year, and he disappointed. That would be my other other theory with him because he travelled as well as the others, and I know he'd, he'd only had a few runs in his life, but. Does he look more straightforward now than he ever has been? Probably doesn't look any different to what he did when he won at Leopardstown in 2021 over hurdles. So he's not learning for what he's doing, if you get what I mean. And that's something that worries me about back in the halls at about 11 to 8 on a big occasion like the, the opening race on the Thursday of the Cheltenham Festival. Yeah, I, I get that, mate. He... <laughs> I think he's clearly the best horse in this race. He, he's been outstanding so far this season. Just whether I'd, I'd back him at eleven to eight is, is a different different story. Uh, he was so good at the DRF. You know, my my reaction after that was that the boy had become a man. You know, he was clearly such a a talented animal last season, and even first time up over fences where he was still a little bit gawky and a little bit, you know, didn't really know how to organise his big frame. Looked a completely different animal last time we saw him. Uh, Nothing will lay a glove on him if he produces the same level of performance. (laughs) I'm glad they're going up in trip, we appreciate it, and Banbridge also wants his sort of trip, and I'm I think Mighty Potter will probably have a harder time of things here than he did at Leopardstown. I loved what Appreciate did on his first two starts over fences. For me, he was he, he's never really been an out-and-out two-miler. Uh, but I'd have liked to have seen more from him in the Irish Charcoal. I don't think it was a dreadful run, but I'm not I don't think it was a, a hugely encouraging effort in third either. 
Bambridge uh, finished one place ahead of Appreciate It in Ireland, just nailed him for second on the line. I thought he looked good, mate. He looked good at Cheltenham over two miles earlier in the season. And I thought he, he probably shaped shaped better than Guy de Manil did in the Drinmore. Uh, you know, having having lost a fair bit of ground on the home turn. Uh, I don't know which piece of his form, though, entitles him to beat Mighty Potter here. Uh, the, the only the only other thing I'd, re- I'd really say about it, Jim, is that I hate the Drinmore stat that's being reeled out. It's so stupid. Well, it's not stupid because it exists, but it if you can't explain why Drinmore winners have a bad record at the Cheltenham Festival, then it's a coincidence. You know, it, it's nothing to do with Fairy House. It's definitely nothing to do with, with the space of time. You're telling me a, a horse can't get over a race in November, especially after he's gone and won since. Horses who have been beaten in the Drinmore, Ralph Vinden being one, uh, Road to Respect being another recently, have both won at the Cheltenham Festival. You know, recent, you know, Fakir Dudari, Delta Work, not beaten far in recent years, going back a bit further. Jesse's Dream was beaten only a neck in the RSA by Boston's Angel. So, you know... That's that he's a neck away from not even not even being in in anyone's mind. It does my head in. I've, I've seen some serious, the decent judges, use that as a, as a, genuine stepping stone to knock Mighty Potter with going. Oh, Drinmore winners, Drinmore winners have a bad record at Cheltenham. But that's like saying Leicester wouldn't have won the league when they had Kante and Mares because they didn't win it twenty years earlier when they had Muzzy. Is it? <laughs> It's the, exact same, it's the exact same thing, mate. Mighty Potter cannot affect the performance of, you know, <laughs> Death Duty. Bollocks, oh, is it? It's absolute nonsense and insanity. Absolute insanity. If it was a week before, if it was Imperial Cup winners, then you could say, well, yes, the turnaround's a bit quick. You're telling me a horse can't win at Cheltenham because it won a good race in November. Bottom <laughs> set. You were in bottom set. Did he on the fake table? Yeah. Horrible stuff, mate. Slave chewers. Uh, <laughs> doesn't, does my head in, and it's clearly not a negative. I would much, you know, I, 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 I liked what he did in the Dream and it is only a positive. It is only a positive that he beat Guy de Manil and Bambridge. His chance would not be enhanced if he was beaten there. You're a moron if you think otherwise. And I think he probably wins. Uh, at the Cheltenham Festival. Yeah. I, I, respect, I respect him, and, and obviously that stuff is absolute bollocks. But he's just a little bit too short for me. If, if he's a bit bigger on the day, that might tempt me. Um, but I've decided with Bambridge, he's like, I think he's as solid as they come, and, and you know what you're going to get from him. And that's not a, a negative on, on the potter, but. I think Bambridge is a decent price. Seven or two, I'll, I'll have some of that. Yeah, fair enough, Jim, fair enough. I'm, I, I, I'd kind of agree that 11 to is a little bit shorter than I'd like to take the pot of that. But uh, he may be involved in a multiple or two. Uh, as we move on to the Potemps final 
I find this tricky this year. Shoot first is seven to two to beat Franks for the help, who's thirteen to two, fifteen to two, Maxim and Percival Legolois. It's the bosses Oscar and walking on air. Nine Salvador Ziggy, twelve's Captain Morgs Antire, and then fourteen's she wears it well. Sixteen to one. But them Jim It's a it's a tricky one this because those at the top of the betting gym shoot first, thanks for the help. Maxim based on his Christmas run. Always just so impressive last time out. Have got absolutely uh mullered by the handicapper, but they all look like they should be ahead of their mark again. It is pick which one you like the most. Basically, like the year could be 2027, and the bosses Oscar will still go off single figures for the attempts. Um, shoot first. I mean, the market's clearly found him, and, and I, I obviously think that it's, it's not really original, but it's not a race that I've, I've got an awful lot of time for this year. Uh, I don't know, most three years, to be brutally honest. Um, but I like what he did at Cheltenham in October. He beat Botox, has uh, Salvador Ziggy, Antola, um, all <laughs> solid three-mile hurdle yardsticks. Um, Salvador Ziggy's the other horse who would be on my shortlist. He was... He'd been... He'd racked up a nice sequence um, early on in the season on good ground. Uh, progressed in the range and, and comes here off 147. He was beat off 145, but I, I don't, and once again, like Louis said, I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. The shoot first, I could see him turning into a status at loss next season. Um, with that performance last time, I'm going to keep it fairly simple and, and I think he, he, he will take all the beating. Um, just a quick mention for thanks for the help who absolutely sluiced up at, at Chepstow. Um, he's, he's been given a proper JP plot job sort of campaign. Um, he needed to win by a fair amount of distance at Chepstow last time. He, he's gone up £11 for winning that and, and rightly so because, uh, he absolutely danced him. He needed to, to get in the race. And that's what he's done. The wind surgery clearly works works wonders, um, and that was his first time over over three miles for him. So I understand why he's there, but I'd like to see him do do it again. But shoot first form in the book for me is is rock solid, and I, I think he'll just take all the meat. It's fairly simple. Yeah, I think he's a right fav, Jim. I think he's he just looks so good at Cheltenham. Uh, seven to two, I guess, is, is short enough for the horse in the attempts final, but he was he was really really tidy, and you know the market strength behind him that day, the fact that it's a Charles Burns horse, it just screams that he's gonna run well, has to run well. Uh, I, I, I I'm borderline as to whether I back him or not, but. Because it is, it is short, short for a attempts final, especially when there are, you know, there are other similar types at the top of the betting. Uh, but yeah, he's, he has to go well. I'd be forgiving of Maxim as well. He's run at the DRF. He, he got, just got absolutely mullered on the home terms, didn't he? Uh, got, got no sort of run. 
a key moment. And prior to that, I mean, it was it was a ridiculous performance when he won the Potemps qualifier at Leopardstown at Christmas. The form, I think, looked looked really really strong. You know, where he beat Good Time Johnny, who was, you know, a, a, a fairly decent enough yardstick in novice hurdles last season. Eric Bloodax obviously uh, has since passed away, but he 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 was having a good season. Percival Legolois was back in fourth, who obviously went and won the race at the DRF. Maxon won that off, uh, was it 120? He runs at Cheltenham off 145. But if he'd have come straight here, he'd be favourite. And I, I think you can't, I think uh, it's harsh to take any negatives uh, from what he did at the Dublin Racing Festival based on how little luck he got in the run. I think he'll run a good race. I think Maxim will be in the first three. And again, thanks for the help. was just so, so, so good at Chepstow uh, last time. Our first time after a wind-up, having looked relatively promising last season in a couple of novice hurdles, went and finished third in the big uh, apprentice race at the Punchestown Festival as well, came over from Britain, went off favourite for that, the race won by Henry de Bromhead's life in the park. Had been threatening the performance he showed at Chepsel for a long, long, long time. And he's up 11. Considering that Maxim is, I know it's slightly different HRI mark and, and BHA mark, but Maxim's 25 up from what he did at Leopardstown. Thanks for the help, he's 11. There wasn't that much disparity between how impressive the pair of them were, and I know Maxims came again in a deeper race, but visually, I think you could have made a case for whacking another three or four onto onto Fanks for the helps mark. Uh, so I get why he is he's such a short price here. I think one of the top three in the betting win this gym. Uh, I kind of think Percival Legolois, as as likable as he is, ran his race in Dublin, and £15 higher him. What a consistent animal he is for Gavin Cromwell, by the way. Not an issue with him uh, at all in terms of attitude or form-wise, but uh, I I kind of find it a little bit harder to see him defy a £15 rise than I do for thanks for the help to defy an 11, if that makes sense, pal. Uh it's a, it's a good race, Jim. I think I think the the top the top three, like I said, could be as you said to shoot first, could end up being stayers hurdle horses next year, which is mad considering you know thanks to help is is rated 128, but it's it's a strong event I think at the top of the market, and uh, I think it comes from one of those those prominent in the betting. Yeah, there's a lot of young progressive horses who are still early on in the career. There's a lot more that can come from quite a few of these. Um, and and like I said, I, I, I think Sue first will absolutely laugh at these. Looking forward to it, mate. Rare for a attempt, me. Rare for a attempt. And obviously, it's probably a little bit less, uh, a couple of less exposed ones in due to the change in the rules for qualification. But yeah, really, I'm looking, looking forward to it. I mean,. <laughs> I was going to move on, but I may just give a small mention at a, at a price at 25s for the Rendlesham winner, Wakul, who 
okay, the Rendlesham was a dreadful, dreadful race this year, but he got the job done against rivals we know we know a fair fair bit about and did so in, in pretty tidy fashion. He's a consistent sort and he will tend to run his race. He's only been put up two pounds for winning the Rendlesham. Uh, five six places. I'm I'd probably back for cool at twenty fives. Yeah, I I really he was a lot off the bridle last time, and he isn't normally like that. He's quite a smooth travelling sort. I was surprised and liked the fact that he was a little bit gritty. Yeah, and and, and he was given, if you rewatch his qualifier at Musselburgh, he was given quite an old fashioned potency ride, sneaking in in fourth. Off the pace and just just crept in. I know that I know that's how they ride him, but it was a little bit of it was a bit old fashioned potency that uh, from from Connor O'Farrell. I think it was in the saddle that day. Uh, so he'd he'd be one I'd give a bit of a shout to at a price, but I think one of these sexy unexposed ones at the top win it. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement. Shoot first for me, Maxim. If pushed for me. On to the Ryanair chase. And the bet for the Shishkin is 8 to 11 to beat Blue Lord, who's 11 to 2. Conflated, same price, probably goes Gold Cup. 15 to 2 is Janadil. 8 is Fury Road. 12 is Envoy Allen. 14 is Sakia Dudry, French Dynamite. 18 to 1, or Uncle and Galore. 22, bar them. Uh, the same Shishkin turns up at Ascot. Uh, they don't like to within a furlong of him. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, we saw what happened at last year's Cheltenham Festival when we all thought he was the banker of the week. And look what happened then. That, that That's what it's going to take for him to beat them. Because none of these can beat him on form. None of these can beat him on form. And even though I was dead against him, uh, ask it after what he did in the Tingle Creek, Rewatching it again the other day, first time up this season over a trip that's short of his best nowadays. It probably wasn't as bad as I thought. And the jump from that sand I won to Ascot was definitely in the realms of Paul's possibility. Uh, he shouldn't lose. He just shouldn't lose. Yeah, that's a more than fair fair point. Um, like you saw, what like would you have been surprised if they go? Well, I know they're not going, to, but would you not have liked to have seen him in a gold cup? Because I thought he was only just getting going to be really honest. Well, that bend, Nico just giving that little shake of the reins, and I thought, oh, he's a bit in trouble there. And obviously, the further the further he went, the best we went. I I I think he's I'd I'd like to have seen him in a gold cup. I mean he could absolutely well he he more than likely will absolutely bolt in here. But next season, King George. Yes, please. Yeah, that's fair, Jim. I, I'm a massive pusser and would have gone for the Rhino. Uh especially given that he's a horse who has had his problems. Once I'd found something that worked I wouldn't go fucking around. If you know what I mean. We found the trip which is clearly dominant over. Uh for the time being, 
let's make sure his head's still in the game, keep him winning, keep him fit, keep him happy. And uh, I wouldn't be wanting to throw him back in at the deep end after a successful recovery mission, if you know what I mean. Yeah, completely agree. But it does, the fact that he's such a short price at the head of the market makes it of interest for an each way bet, does it not? Yeah, it it would be interesting, Jim. Do you know who, who I'd and I, I I assume he's his sort of price because they're, they're running him. Oh no, he's not in the Ultima anymore. I was about to take us of running him in the Ultima because uh, I know that was the plan. And he's at the Leinster National at the weekend. And this might sound absolutely batshit. Uh, wouldn't shock me if life if life of time ambition runs here. He's not an 80 to one shot from an each way perspective. Ooh. Ooh. Go on. I just think he's a cracking horse, mate. He, I don't think that was his running in the Kinlock Bray. Uh, prior to that, though, good performances only this season, wasn't it? The third in the John Durkin was, was a good effort. He was only a length and a half behind Fakir Dudery. You know, and obviously both well beaten by Gallop and Deschamp. But he finished convincingly ahead of our uncle there and you know was still in second quite far up the straight great effort when we're up to the big dog in the Troy town giving that one weight I mean the big dog has had such a good year form only franked in the Welsh National and it would have been franked again in the Irish Gold Cup had he not fallen late the big dog was winning a good race thought he again shaped really really nicely for a long 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 way under a big weight in the Grand Sefton on his, you know, on his seasonal return. Held every chance still at the last and then just got a little bit tired entitled to come on for the run. Got beaten by a couple of horses carrying much less than him. Junk lovely that day as well. Uh, I prefer lifetime ambition. Kind of as a stayer at this tip as I do as a, as a free miler. If you know what I mean, I, I think a strong, a strong gallop, a test of stamina, a mid-range trip, it is more up his street. Uh, and pretty much, Jim, that, that's just kind of how I see it, right? You look at kind of where the each-way angles are in this. French Dynamite, 14s, on colours, 16s. If you're looking, there is not much, I think, in terms of ability between them and Lifetime Ambition. They are very, very similar animals. They've just been kind of kept to, to graded races most of the season. Lifetime ambition's been doing a bit of handicapping. Uh, but the, the running the John Durkin proved he's, he's not fully out of his depth at this level, uh, when it comes to, to weaker races and, and hitting the frame. He's better than he showed in the Kinlock Bray. Uh, other than that, he's not run a bad race over fences. Uh, he shouldn't be 80s. He shouldn't be 80s. If he comes here, he shouldn't be 80s. That, that's fair. The, the one fly in the ointment, like you said, if he comes here, he's got that Le- Leinster National entry, hasn't he? Yeah. He's got um, a fly um, in the ointment. And we'll know. And we'll know uh, by Sunday what, what, what the plan is with him. We'll know tomorrow, in fact. But it, I... I don't think I'd let him go and back no, no, no bet at 80-1. to 1. 
each way, and I know he's playing for second, but I I, I genuinely think the gap the gap to him and Janadil, who is what fifteen to two, is less than the gap from Janadil to Shishkin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can agree. I mean, I, I think Gallandale's a decent each-way bet. Um, he looked like the sign of a bull in the parade ring at Goran and in the Red Mills. He beat Horton Collar, who, who was going to be well fancied for this race if he was to come here. Before that, having made that error um, previously at Spurlers, and looking like he's going to beat Fakir Dudere. Um I really like what Jaladil does. If he reproduces what he's been doing behind Alaho, I, I think it's difficult to see him out of the places. Um, Blue Lord's the interesting one, isn't he? He's he's stepping up in trip here. Um, we've seen him over two four before early on in the season in the Clonmel Oil. Um, he just didn't look the same in the Dublin chase, and I'm, I'm willing to brush that aside. He's going to have to improve once again to get back Shishkin, but. Uh, it'd be interesting, interesting to see how he goes here, but I'm, I don't think he'd, he'd be for me. Um, but plain and simply, Shishkin wins and, and John Adele's the each way bet. Quite simple. Mm, yeah, I think Blue World's got a bit of ability, but I'm not. I, I'm not yet sure he's ever beaten a horse who who would really put it up to him. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and that's not that's not me calling him soft, but I think he's been pretty well well placed uh, for a horse who has won what three three grade ones now. I think he's won winnable races every time, and uh, he, he's the sort of horse I think uh, I will probably consistently oppose when he gets to grade one company. Uh, be shocked if he wins this. I think Janadil's overall profile is probably a little bit more solid, uh, if I'm deadly honest. Uh, but Shishkin shouldn't lose this and lifetime ambition if they run him here rather than in the Leinster National, which in itself uh, probably goes to show why he's an 80 to one shot. You don't get many horses who have a Cheltenham Grade One or the Leinster National as their two options. Uh, you love a Leinster National as well, don't you? Like. You're looking forward to this Leinster National more than the champion hurdle on Tuesday. Absolutely love it, mate. Absolutely love it. But, uh, <laughs> please don't run lifetime ambition there. Uh, I, 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 think he's, I think he's a cracking each way bet. He's probably the best each way bet in a grade one if he comes here. Yes. Moving on to the Paddy Power Stayers hurdle. What a race it looks like it could be this year as well. Blazing Cal, 100 to 30. Burns has been at it again. Does he come? Does he not? Uh, he's fav anyway, though. Marie's Rock is fours. Tihupu is nines. Nine to two, sorry. Can't read. Florian Porter is sixes. Same price home by the league. Tens, classical dream. Twelves, gold tweet. Sixteens, Paisley Park, Ashdale Bob. Twenties, Asterian Fulange. And twenty-five to one, bar them. We'll assume, Jim, for the sake of uh, for ease and argument, that Marie's Rock and Blazing Kyle are both in the lineup uh, this time uh, next Thursday. Well, I hope not this time next Thursday. It's quarter to eleven. Uh, 
something's gone drastically wrong if the if the <laughs> if the tapes are going up then. But uh, next Thursday afternoon, assuming they're both there, pal, uh, who wins? Um, this is a race that's that's everyone said at the start of the season is a bit of a head scratcher. Um, but for me, I mean, what's better than a load of not actual top class boats taking each other on? And for me, I can poke holes in Blazing Cal, I can poke holes in Tahupu, you can poke holes in Marie's Rock, you can poke holes in Florian Porter. You're getting, you're getting a bit of a consistent theme here. Poke holes in Home by the Lake. And although I, I may need to go and check myself into Fairfield Hospital, which I live directly about five minutes away from, is Paisley Park not just as ridiculous each way bet, 16 to 1? Like, He's shown no signs of regressing this season, and I may be a strong member of the Paisley Park Loving Society, but he's he's shown he's better than ever. He won round Kempton, which is a track that he really shouldn't enjoy, and I know he beat Gorshin, but and he's been absolutely dreadful. But he beat Champ, who, who's been fairly solid all season, who got the better of him at Newbury. Um, he was just outsped in the cleave at Cheltenham um, and that race really didn't suit him they went no gallop this is going to be run at a fair gallop I, I don't see the main protagonist letting Florian Porter get away with it like he has for the last two years in front so for me at 16 I, I, I'm, I'm more than happy to be with him of the main market leaders who would I be willing to stick with it'd probably be Florian Porter at the prices right how can you not respect a horse that's won two times at the Cheltenham Festival in this race and letting go off six to one? Like he's never gone off favourite. Um, so the long and short of that is, I'd rather out of the top four, top five in the market, I'd be with Florian Porter, even though he has been fairly disappointing so far this season. Oh, I could not disagree with you more, mate. I could not disagree with you more. He's he's just not been very good this year, has he? I mean, to be fair, Leopardstown, yeah, fair enough. It it, it wasn't dreadful, uh, and he should have finished third. But uh, hasn't hasn't been a spark about Flooring Port yet this year. I I think of the top four in the betting, he's least likely to win. Uh, Assuming he comes here, mate, I'm with Blazing Cal, which is something I didn't think I was ever going to say until he won the Boyne Hurdle. Uh, I, I've not been on the shrewd train. If anything, I've kind of been waiting for him to, to turn up and get beat, if you know what I mean, because whilst whilst his form as a novice was, was good, uh, the hype uh, surrounding him wasn't justified yet by what he'd done on the track. The Boyne Hurdle was brilliant, though, for me, mate. Uh, the but where did he beat? Meet oh, and greet. I, I think that's a good... Yard, good yardsticks to me, mate. Be, you know, meet and greet was third in the uh, Christmas Hurdle home by the league one. Beacon Edge might as well have been on the farm outside Leopardstown in the Christmas Hurdle this year. And I, I didn't even see him in the running at Gorham. Like... Meet and greet isn't 
isn't that good. I mean, he's rated, he's obviously rated 150, but he, he's just he's not a, a top. That's not top crossbar to me. No, it's not yet. But I, I don't think you can say say about say that about any of them really in this division. You know, kind of the nature of the stayers hurdle uh, division means that they don't tend to take. I mean, there's not enough good ones for them to all take each take each other on until Cheltenham. You know, Marie's rock and gold tweet have won probably the two best trials for the race at Cheltenham so far this season. They beat Dashiell Drasher both times. And we all love Dashiell Drasher, but we know over both fences and hurdles, he just falls a little bit shy of being a proper grade one horse. Tehupu's Hatton's grace win was but he's probably the strongest bit of form on offer. If you buy that, it was a it was a peak form, classical dream of peak form honeysuckle. Ashdale Bob definitely wasn't at his best. Uh, you love Ashdale Bob. I'm surprised. Is he not going to get a mention? No, I, I, I don't think he'll win this, Jim. I, don't, I, I, I think there are a couple better than him in this, mate. He's also got a lot of time for, but uh, I, I don't, I don't, I'd, I'd be surprised if he was good enough to land the blow here. But Tehupu's only effort over three miles was a goal, my, which fucking Somerville boy was second in. You know, like... It's Is Somerville Boy still running? Is he not should he not be in Hunter Chases nowadays? Exactly, mate. That's my point. You know, he, he, our only evidence of Tehupu uh having form over three miles was just beating vastly, vastly inferior horses. I don't think that proves much when, you know, my you know, my my own theory is that, you know, Stradivarius could probably win a five furlong event, but you know, at Suvel in the right grade. You know what I mean? He'd win one of these horrible classifieds they have five times a week. You know, you you you, you can you can stay or get away with a trip being short of your best against the right opposition. Against horses we know are out and out three milers. Would I be convinced to help who? Will will be at his best over the trip, not yet. Marie's Rock's Relkeel form is good. She's won her last four. Massive player if she comes here. Not convinced she's a free miler though. Exactly the same. Blazing Carl will be a free miler. I just love the way he travelled in the Boyne. He he's so smooth on the bridle, and then I I like how strong he was at the finish as well at Navan. Uh. To do that after 40 months off, having taken a walk in the market in the morning, I thought was was a ridiculous effort. Uh, he shouldn't be favourite on form. He shouldn't be fav on form, but I get why he is because he's the one with with the most. He's trained by Charles Burns, <laughs> and he's... in the book you're scared to death of letting a Charlie Burns horse go go off a far too big a price. Maybe there's an element of that. Maybe there's an element of that as well, mate. But that's the one with the ceiling, isn't he, Blazing Cal? Yeah. But, I mean, there's been odd comments from Marie's Rockies. Like, the stays has just been full of flip-flappy comments of, like, Willie won't he, Willie won't he. And, and with Marie's Rock, like, today saying she might run in the mares if the ground's soft. Like, where's that come from all of a sudden? It's like they've been set on set on the stairs all, all season. 
and then now it's like, whoa, where's this come from? Yeah, I, I get that. I, I think the latest the latest things I saw today was that they were kind of edging back towards a mess with the rain forecast. Hmm. Uh, tricky, tricky with tricky with her, mate. Uh, I, I I just think Blazing Cow's probably the least solid. His his boring was the most the most impressed I've been by a horse in this division this season, and I'm more convinced he'll stay than I am by Tahoe or Marie's Rock, and. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm bullish, bullish, but like I said in terms of Sealy Jim, if a horse wins this impressively, it'll be him. One or two others might might scrape him, but I don't think if De Hooper wins, it'll be a take your eye out performance. I don't think Maurice Rock will produce one of them. Blazing Cal might. Uh, are, we, are we forgetting a little bit about Holland by the way? And beaten in this last year and I'm of the opinion that he doesn't like getting like in the rough and tumble of things like JJ Slevin keeps pulling him out wide and he, and then he comes with his run bit of rough and tumble in this race which he normally is I don't think he'll enjoy it but he's been better than ever in his last two starts and I know I know he's only beat Bob Ollinger who's a, a serious regressive horse and Ashdale Bob who, we, who we've already mentioned but He's beat meet and greet by three and a half lengths, and that's what Blazing Cal's done. So, home by the league isn't a traveller, though, is it? No. That that would be my worry for him against better opposition. Uh, whether, especially pacey type, you know, Hooper. Where did he finish in the champion hurdle last season? Was it fourth? Uh, something like that. no, sorry, he was ninth, sorry, second last. But you know, he was a went off single figures to the champion hurdle last season against horses with more tactical pace. Coming back to not slating him, but using him as a yardstick again than Ashdale, Bob, and Meet and Greet. Whether Home by the Lee has that in his locker uh, would be my worry. Re rewatch his reappearance in the Liz Mullen. He wins, but he doesn't go through it in a pretty fashion at all. Uh, yeah, perhaps a little bit disrespected in the betting because he's he was Antipo's favourite for this, wasn't he, after he won at Leopardstown? I kind of think he kind of fell into that by default, though, and I do think the three above him in the betting are likely a winners. Yeah, understandable. A race I'm really, really looking forward to, to be fair, and, and that's something that I don't often say. Uh, and once again, it's just like to buy the drum of basically parking all the price at 16, and I will continue to back him until he retires. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Oh, before before we move on, just a quick word on goal tweet. What did you make of the cleave, given that you're a Paisley fan? What a bollocks. <laughs> just, that's that dealt with, then, as we move on to the... Plate handicap chase over two and a half miles. So Scottish seven to two five to be O on colour. Who is eight? Same price. Adamantly chosen. Supplemented for the Brown Advisory today. Nines. Ilary Dotto. Please don't win or I'll cry. Eleven stage star. Same price. Midnight River and Balco Coastal. Twelves faster, slow, fugitive. Fourteens French Dynamite. Kilcrut and that's all right. Gino also Ferro Bamboo. Eighty sorry. Sixteens I am Maximus. And then 20 to 1, 
bar them. Oh, I I really, really enjoy this race normally, Jim. I really, really do. Uh, struggling to get a grasp on it this year. Is it just because El Rodotto is going to win and we've, we've got Grand Annual? We've got Grand Annual on support slips. This is a bit like Honeysuckle when we fancied her to win the champion hurdle when she won the mayor's hurdle in the first year. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, it was awful. I've, I've got an all right record. I've, I've backed the winner in this three of the last four years, which is, is better than my record pretty much at any other Cheltenham Festival race. Uh, it worries me that Really not on fugitive in there because I I thought that Cheltenham form was was brilliant and you could have made cases that Iridol going up eight and fugitive going up six is lenient for the pair. Mm. It's lenient for the pair. Uh, the favourite so Scottish. I mean, it just reeks of. He's been favourite for this forever. Not been seen out since November. <laughs> been favourite since since his his runs in uh, fighting to fight. <laughs> seems that way, mate. Seems that way. It seems like everyone decided back in November that South Scottish was going to win the plate. Uh, but I rewatched his three ones the other day, and I get why he's such a short price favourite. You know, he was. He was really, really tidy when he won a, a Kilbeg and a Maiden hurdle. Then they sent him straight over fences where he won at Tipperary easily. And then was so, so, so snug in scoring at Carlisle on his next start. Then ran, was it Boot Hill? He ran close uh, at Ascot over a trip which clearly looked short of his best. Only a six-year-old. Emmett Mullins. JP's bought him. Do I really want to be backing a horse at 72 for a race is competitive? No. Uh, should this horse be 72? Yes. Are you going to back him at 72? Probably not. I, I, I may. I may. Uh, my, my strategy is likely, though, to be... Each way swings with extra places. Uh, because I, I do think it's a good race. Like I said, I, I, I like the form line of Fugitive and Il Ridotto. You know, such a big Il Ridotto fan all through the season and just convinced they'd drop him back in trip and they didn't. Uh, but I, I love Fugitive and uh, I made the case uh, for Grey Diamond on the Wednesday podcast in the Grand Annual, who, who he finished ahead of in November. The one I think he's an absolutely fascinating contender is fast or slow. Who qualifies for this race? He's been given a mark of one fifty. They have picked that number out of thin air, haven't they? Really? Uh, <laughs> he qualifies for this because he's had three starts over fences. One of them was at Altoy in twenty nineteen as a juvenile, and then he's he's running Grade Ones, finished last in a pair of Grade Ones this season. You Which know. is thoroughly deserved his rating of one fifty. But what what else could they do to him? I mean he was on en route to being better than a one fifty horse over hurdles, wasn't he? Yeah, you look at that Punches Town race last year, you'd certainly think so. 
only just beaten by Commander of Fleet at the festival last year. Could be anything. I'm willing to take the risk at 12s. I, I kind of mentioned it before the Dublin Racing Festival when I said faster slows in here, get him a mark and uh, then go for a handicap. I was expecting it to be lower than 150. I think that's a little bit on the conservative side. But, you know, what sort of mark can can you give a horse from from performances where they're just getting beaten grade ones and then winning in France almost four years ago? Uh, but he would have been, that probably would have been his adjusted mark over hurdles anyway, after his second at Punchestown. So he only needs to run to that sort of level, I think, again, to be competitive. And we'll learn more about his true ability. Uh, for the first time here, really, as a chaser. And if you were to, if I was to be in the camp of, will he end up being better than a 150 horse or worse? I'd say better. And therefore, I think, even though his form probably doesn't quite entitle him to have that mark yet, it doesn't worry me. Yeah, fair. The, the one that I like at around 14 to 1 is That's All Right, Gino. I mean, We've seen him throughout the season and he's certainly improved for, for hurdles and he's a horse that really does enjoy good ground. Like, catch your mind back to December 2021 and he beat JPR1 at Cheltenham. On proper good ground and he, he loved a, a battle. They've stepped him up in trip recently and I think he has enjoyed it. Uh, and he has found improvement. He was second to stage star in that novice handicap uh, at trials weekend. And... I really like what he did there. He obviously bumped into Stage Star, who's well handicapped. Um, he's going for graded, uh, the graded chases, neither brown, uh, the turners, sorry. Um, so he's obviously bumped into one there. He also bumped into Solo around Kempton, who put in one of the best rounds of jumping of Kempton Park I've seen in a very long time, um, and given an inch perfect ride by Harry Cobden. That's all right. Gino was was suffering from the slow tempo and pure brilliance of Harry Cobden. Uh, and that's all right, Gino, towards the back, just got a little bit tactical when the turn, uh, when the taps got turned on. He rallied really well and beat Boot Hill comfortably in the end, and, and that was a, a, a good enough run for me. Um, he's been... Uh, handicappers obviously noticed that and put him up £4 for it. I still think there's a little bit more progression to come from that's all right, Gino. Uh, and he's been furiously campaigned... Uh, Recently, and and I think he'll he'll go pretty well here. Uh, off the back of one four five at fourteen to one, he's he's a horse I've got a fair amount of time for, and he's been pretty tried tried and tested in handicaps, and I think this is this is a, a nice opportunity for him in a race that's got a lot of unknown quantities. The Tizard Joe Tizard train horse Alexia Nuts, um, he won over two four, putting in a magnificent round of jumping. At Wincanton, beating Galahad Quest, who's come out and won again since, uh, beating Iron Bridge, who I know Lewis likes a lot. Uh, he was then second to Food and Bull Civiler in the in the game spirit, um, went over two miles. So stepping back up in trip here is something that I, I think he'll want, uh, he'll want and like. Uh, and he's off a mark of one four seven. We we know that early on in his career he was as high as as one five three. Um, so I think there's. He's still interesting here. He has the entry in the Grand Annual, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he comes here. 
uh, for that. And at 20 to 1, that's, he, he's a, he's a horse I've, I've got a bit fair amount of time for. Jumps magnificently well. And at 20, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, they'd be my two darts. But like Lewis said, I, I agree with, with all his comments. He's got so Scottish. And I think he's got a proper chance. Ilrid also is a horse that's, that's proper season, uh, made our season salty so far. And he did stay last time. I'd like to see him do it again now. I'm one of them people where I'd like to see it twice before, uh, I actually begin believing. And yeah, basically that's all right. Gino's going to be the main bet for me in this. Fair enough, Jim. I like that. I like that. Before I wrap it up on the plate as well, I would give a mention to you know that's kind of all I was I was thinking kind of a couple of darts at ones between like the uh, eights and twelves uh, bracket and and hope one of them does so Scottish Midnight River as well has had a great season and was really impressive on New Year's Day here showed a great attitude and he jumped so well he's up seven pounds again. Might not prove beyond him. And as I mentioned, uh, I think when we were talking about the Brown advisory for Jerry Colomb, Balco Coastal, 151, look, could be a proper, proper gift, Mark. I like this horse, Jim. And if it, he comes to the handicap instead of one of the grade ones as well, I'd want him on side. I've tipped almost everything. Uh, if pushed at the prices... Let's take the chance with fast off so let's have a bit of fun. Let's properly roll the dice. It is a festival after all, isn't it? Yeah, we love to see it. That's alright, Gino for Jim, as we move on to the Dawn Run Mares Novice Hurdle and they bat they bet the cheer is thirteen to eight to be Ashro Diamond who's seven to two. Lot of joy is seven to one. Magical Zoe is tens, you wear it well, same price. Twelve is Princess Zoe. Jatara fourteens, Halka de Tabert is also fourteens and sixteens. Harmonia Maker, a horse with no name, under control, Katira and Foxy Girl. Uh Jim Lucia play or lay? I think I'm a player. Um I really, really like what she did at Newbury. Um I think a bumper form was good, but I, I don't I don't really like to translate that too much into into hurdles on this early on in the careers. But I really like what she did to Jesus State uh in that listed race. Um I know she's been slightly disappointed since, but she absolutely danced past them, especially on a on a first run over hurdles against some fairly decent mares. Uh to be put in a listed race was pretty bullish from Nicky Henderson and I really, really liked it. Um a turn of pace she has. Like, it was just superb. And, and I know on the new track, it sort of favours a bit more of a stamina test, which would be a slight worry. But I think she's got a bit of everything. She jumps nicely. Uh, I know she did make a mistake at the last, at Exeter last time. Um, but I, I just really like her way of going. She's clearly full of ability. Um, I mean, there's a lot of nice horses in behind her. I've got four. But she's got the potential to be pretty decent, um, and I, I'm I'm with her to this, and and that's not like me to be looking at a shorty shorty enough. Like thirteen thirteen to eight, she hasn't got an awful lot of form in the book, but I'm I'm properly with her. I don't know about you, Lou. What are you? I think she'll win, mate. Yeah, I do. I thought I, I was just so impressed by what she did at Exeter. Uh, 
I quite liked Lallygad coming into the race. I didn't think he'd beat her. But I thought he was a useful horse and I kind of thought he might make it more of a race than the market suggested. And she slapped him. Absolutely slapped him. And uh, like you said, the turn of foot she showed uh, was, was, was really, really taking. But there are others in this gym that I think I will back at each way prices. Uh, when I was prepping for this race this afternoon, I kind of had in my head that Magical Zoe would be a similar price to Astro Diamond. And then I checked the market, and Astro Diamond was 7-2, to two, and Magical Zoe was 10-1. to one. And that seemed wrong. Because I'm not the only person who likes this mare. I've, I've heard almost... Almost every per, every Irish pundit asked to talk about this race has said nice things about Magical Zoe, it seems, in the weeks leading up to the festival. Uh, it would have been really easy for her to have been beaten at Down Royal, given her position on the track. And the amount of ground she made up after the last was, was really, really taken, uh, quickened up really, really nicely, obviously. Uh, the race carries the name of Jack de Bromhead this year as well, so surely Henry is going to have one lined up for the race. Uh, it, it was really tidy that down royal run, and ten to one is too big a price for her. Uh, you know, I, I get why a lot of joy is, is is sevens. You know, obviously very very good horse on the flat, got off the mark over hurdles last time. But Magical Zoe has been better over hurdles than Lord Joy has been. Definitely. Uh, she's the wrong price. And the horse who was runner-up to her at Down Royal is also the wrong price at 25s. Bear in mind this really weird penalty system they have for the Dawn Run. Like if you're in any sort of black-type race uh, or a place in, in, in something like that, you have to carry a penalty for it. Uh, I don't understand it how winning winning a listed race or a, or a grade three means you get penalised in a higher grade. Makes no sense to me. And again, this race shouldn't exist. But Nakine, who did her winning in the summer at Kilbegan and was stole, then went and finished runner up to Magical Zoe at Down Royal. Uh, Beaten only a length, and as I said, the uh, Magicals are probably value for an extra on the day. But I, I really liked how tidily she saw off the rest of the opposition. Magicals are, we came with a late run and collared her. Uh, but Nakini showed, showed a, a good turn of foot and a good attitude to see off the rest of the field before Magicals are got into the clear. Uh, the third that day was in the Model Kingdom. It was a fairly decent yardstick. And I thought I thought it was a, a really, really good run from from uh, Nikini, if I'm honest, mate. Uh, I went back, watched that race, expecting to come away solely focused on Magical Zoe, but I liked what the runner-up did as well, and she's 25s. Wouldn't surprise me if she was in the first four here if they, if they choose to run her. Interesting, very interesting. Um, she she had a lot of fun performed, didn't she? And uh, it's nice to see it transpire over hurdles. Um, 
I mentioned the mayor the other week, and she won up at Newcastle, and she has been impressive in all four of her starts, and it was endless escape. Now, she might go off a bigger price because of her connections. Ben Clark, obviously a relatively unexposed trainer, but he's done a tremendous job with her. Like He beat Porter in the park, who's got a run-up two nice handicaps, Beat Vicky Vale, who had been rock solid. Uh, and the step up in trips to Team R4 saw her to, to best effect there. But she's not slow, of, not short of any pace, which we saw at Wincanton and at Lingfield. Um, she come from point to points and been slightly disappointed in them. But hurdles under rules have really been the making of her. And dropping back into the power, I, I won't be that negative. Uh, a forceful ride from the front. Uh, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't see her being too far away in this at 20. She's, she's done absolutely nothing wrong over hurdles this season. And I think she could be slightly underestimated in the market as well at a bigger price. Fair enough, mate. I, I, I don't mind the case there at all. I'm looking forward to this race a lot more than I normally would be. Yeah, same. If I'm honest, I think we could have a proper one in Lucia. Uh, and like I said, I think that Down Royal, Down Royal race is stronger form than the market thinks it is. And uh, the first two from there, I will also back each way. Yes. Moving on then to the final race of the Thursday at the Cheltenham Festival, the Folk Wallowing, Kim Muir. Challenge Cup Amateur Jockeys Handicap Chase, sponsored by the JRL Group. We'll get all the words in there. Uh, Stump Town. Handicap Certainty of the Week is he 4 to 1 to beat Mr. Incredible, who's 5 to 1. Am I going to say mean things about that horse again? Probably. Angels Dawn is 8s. Iron Bridge is 10s. Dunboyne is 11s. 14s. Am I right? Next destination, Mumbai Genius, 16s, a night in Lambourne, Ida's Boy, Beauport, Royal Thief, 18s, Get Up and Colonge, and 20s, Bar Them. Uh, I think it takes a brave man to oppose Stumptown, Jim. Uh, I, I get why loads of people think he's a cert, but I am going to do that. And like I've said, I was all over Iron Bridge for the Ultima. Had him at 14s. Was about to write uh, for Paddy Power Betterfair about how he was a nap of the meeting in that race. And then they took him out literally half hour before I was due to start. I almost cried. Uh, I I almost cried again this afternoon because I realised he'd been cut from 14s to 10s for the Kim Muir and I'd not backed him for the race. <laughs> So it's going to be a double-double whammy. Uh, but I, I just think this is every inch of a, a proper, proper staying chaser. A good one. Uh, yeah. And and if he does line up here, I'd be half worried. My only worry, and the reason I didn't immediately go and back him for the Kim Muir once I saw he wasn't in the Ultima, was that something in the back of my mind says, oh, it's Hemmings, you know, obviously... You know, still Michael Ma running the Hemmings uh, horses. Could they go straight for the Scottish National with him? Uh, but if he lines up here, I think he's got a massive chance. And I, I, I have backed him on Murnau Bet at 10s this afternoon, uh, even though I am slightly frustrated that I missed the 14s. 
the case is is clear. Obviously, look, it's a, he's a Milan in the Trevor Hemming silks out of a Bob Backmare staying chase pedigree right down to the hilt. Won a bumper uh, for Damian Murphy and then two over hurdles last term for John Joe. Made a winning start in handicap chases at Carlisle over uh, two and a half miles. A little bit disappointing at Chepstow on his next start when he went up in trip. But that turned into a little bit of a sprint in the race won by one of the people. Uh, and he showed more what he could do at Warwick last time. He also won a match race at Haydock uh, in the interim in which his only other rival, uh, Crystal Glory, pulled up rather sharply and clearly wasn't right on the day. Uh, but he's won at Warwick last month where he was runner up to Galahad Quest all the while, whilst looking like he would be at his best over further, I thought was really, really eye catching. And that that was after which I went I went and backed him for the Ultima. Unfortunately he hasn't stood his ground, but hopefully uh we've got the backup here. Uh he sh- he sh- he shouldn't have been as good as he was over two and a half miles whilst looking like a staying chaser for me. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Um I think he's got he's got a proper chance in this if it lines up. Be interested to see who rides him. Who do you think? Uh John Joe's brother, is he could he Barney? Is he an amateur? Is he have one? John Joe Junior Junior? Is it not Anthony? Is it Anthony not right? Oh, I, don't, I, 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 won't, I won't be able to tell you, mate, if I'm honest. Uh, I, could, I could be a little bit wrong. but um, Yeah, like Lewis said with Stumptown, he makes the obvious um, eye-catcher in this, and uh, I fully respect him at the head of the market. Um, he beat Yoros, Yoros Sorry, absolutely hard, held on the bridle at Sandown in February. Yoros Sorry come out and won the other day fairly comfortably. He was massively eye-catching, winning over 2-6 at Thurles. Thurlers, um, he's he's shooting up in the handicap and he's up to ten, which I think he's more than generous. I think he's a, a, a handicap certainty this this week, and I think it'd be very difficult to beat. Seven to two is a price in handicaps that I don't often get too excited about, but I think this fella's more of a winner than anything in this race. Um, a few a, a few a bit bigger prices. West Bank Alonso is a horse I've had an awful lot of time for. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they miss this and go for the Midlands National with him. Um, but he's been fairly solid throughout the season. Um, he beat Riley at Warwick in November uh, and has clearly improved for the step up to three miles. He's gone from a rating of 107 uh, up to now 132. Uh, he was fourth in the classic chase behind I Will Do It uh, when possibly just slightly outpaced. Uh, last time at Utoxeter, his jumping was a little bit sloppy and he was being bumped around a bit. But he seems to sort of enjoy that. And uh, later on, Mr. Coffey, uh, the, the proper pig that he was, didn't want to go past him. And he out-battled him later on. And I, I really, really like what he, he's done throughout this, this season. And he's a horse I've kept on the right side of. And if he decides to come here instead of the Midlands National, I think he'd go well. Um, Lewis, you mentioned Beaufort the other day. What do you think about him over three miles too? I think he'll stay. He's just on, 
and he's just on a, a nice mark based on his hurdles form from one four three, and he's clearly got it in him to be that sort of level over fences based on what he did at Carlisle, where he you know where he beat Miller's Bank and, and Bear Gills and Manella Drama, and I was getting getting weight from the more experienced horses there, but it was still a decent performance. Obviously below his best on his last two starts, although. Uh, he's always shaped like the sort of horse who'd, who'd be well suited by three mile handicaps. We've not seen him in one yet. I, I kind of preferred the Ultima. I think it's the sort of that sort of, the sort of race would would suit him better. That's just an instinct one. I can't really base it off anything, but in my in my head, you kind of know. In your head, you kind of have your idea of what an Ultima horse is and what a Kim Muir horse is, if you know what I mean. Kim Muir horse, I, I think, tend to be a little bit slower and perhaps not quite as classy. You know, it is a 0 to one four five, if you know what I mean. He'll be near top weight in this. He wouldn't have been in the Ultima. Uh, but I'd, I'd give him a chance if he lines up. I'd give him a chance. Uh, this race will suit him better than the Dipper and his defeat to Bally Griffin Cottage will have done. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Another horse who I, who I wanted on my side early season was Corsa Ren. Um, I mean, I didn't really think in October that fences were his bag. Like, he had exceptional hurdles form behind party business, third wind in the attempts. Um, and he did chase on Corot Rambler the season before all the fences, uh, who went on to win the ultimate. He was second at Chepstow over three miles when just now he denied by one of the people. That was the race that Iron Bridge was disappointing in. The fact that that turned into a sprint really didn't suit him. So the fact he ran so well there, I was really impressed with. He was disappointing at Doncaster uh, the next time, but he was the more fortunate winner, I'm going to say, of that of that novice handicap at, at Newbury because McFabulous clearly something wasn't right, uh, and he was just left as, as the next best. Um, he stays on strongly. He likes a big field handicap. Uh, if he decides to come here instead of the national chase, I, I, I think he could run well at a price. His jumping is a little bit sketchy, um, but you know that he's a strong stayer. And, and for me, that's I'd rather take that risk in, in this sort of race at 25. But like I've already said, Stumptown's I got a very, very good chance of, of winning this. Um, but there's a few others at, at bigger prices who I'm a little bit interested each way. Very fair, mate, very fair. The only one I'd give another mention to would be Angel's Dawn, who again is 8-1, to one, so fairly prominent in the betting. Uh, but I think she was coming to win the Punchestown National Trial when she unseated won uh, the start prior to that at Down Royal. You know, had, had run in a couple of decent beginners chasers earlier in the season unexposing handicaps. She gets in here off one three one if she does get in. And I think she'll run well. Uh Mr Incredible, much better at Warwick than we than we'd become used to seeing from him. And obviously he is now with Willie, having gone completely south for Henry de Bromhead. But I don't know mate, I've I've always I still think he's a little bit lethargic. And uh, I'd, I'd kind of be more interested in him in something like a Midlands National than a Kim Muir. Uh, I'm not convinced that one or two others might have a little bit more pace from him. Even, you know, I mean, he went off favourite to beat a Hoyson Yall last year at Newbury. And that came off the back of a, a win at Nace. But he, he looked so, so, so slow when he did that. And people, you know, the, the, 
the case for him after that was oh how much how how much ground did he make up late you know it was ridiculous how how much he found but he had he had to find loads because he couldn't go the gallop early. Mm. Uh, worries me, worries me, mate. I, I think he improved for the longer trip at Warwick. Uh, not convinced he'll be better free over three furlongs shorter. He's a horse I will continue to take on every time he runs. Your nap for the uh, Thursday at Cheltenham, Jim. Uh, I tell you what, I probably should ask you Windsor Kimio first. <laughs> Don't tell Windsor Kimio. Uh, probably what worth bothering, Warwick. Uh, <laughs> I'll say Iron Bridge. Uh, I'll ask you to say your nap now, then, Jim, after that, after that slight detour. Um, is mine all right to be an each way nap? Is that is that too dirty? Uh, no, go on then. We can we can still we can still. That's I all, mean, we're, we're dirty right, most of the season, aren't we? That's all right, Gino. In the play, he he'd probably be my nap each way. Oh, I like it. Because I, I, I like like some shishkin in there. So. No. It's, it's boring as shishkin, isn't it? Uh, I think I'd nap Iron Bridge if he runs. I'm not sure that he'll run, though. No, fuck it, let's go for it. Iron Bridge. Iron Bridge sure. and Kimmy. 10 to the 1. Of, Paisley in the stairs. That's alright, Gino in the plate. And uh, Iron Bridge in the Kimmy. See you in Dubai, my friends. I don't get why you'd like to ruin a lovely bit on Iron, Iron Bridge with those other two nonsense selections. <laughs> uh, but if, 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 if you're that way inclined, uh, let, uh, let's go for it. But I actually do think I, I, I like a couple of big, big prices more, like I said, with Nakini and, and Lifetime Ambition more so on the, uh, on the Thursday than I do on any other day. Uh, who knows, Jim? Who knows, mate? Uh, thanks for being here again. Just one more to go, and it will be Gold Cup Day. I've really enjoyed this. I'm looking forward to the Thursday a lot more than I usually am, to be fair. I, I, I think it's probably one of the best days racing at the meeting this year. Yeah, tricky punting card, but a lot of fun to, to go through. Yeah, definitely in the top four. Mm. <laughs> uh, thanks for being here, pal, and thanks to everyone uh, for listening. We'll be recording again tomorrow. Uh, with our Gold Cup Day preview, then it's full steam ahead into punting winners. Uh, well, it's all it's a punty punty <laughs> frat. Uh, we never know, Jim. And look, if if we all lose, if we lose everything next week, there's always your toxic on Saturday. Uh, as I said, mate, Gamble responsibly, ladies and gentlemen. Have a nice weekend. See you soon. Stay safe.